your talk show for all things automotive. From the latest news to the greatest views and the biggest names in rolling iron. Your host is Brett Hatfield, freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine and American Car Collector Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com and owner of his own small but growing fleet of cool cars. Get behind the wheel of an hour of car talk starting right now. Thanks so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our audience. You can find us online at readthedriven.com. Follow us on Facebook at uh, Driven Radio Show, on Twitter at Driven Radio Show, and pippa.io, tunein.com, iTunes, Stitcher, everywhere podcasts are heard. We're happy to have you with us. I'm Brett Hatfield, your host. I'm here with Shelby expert extraordinaire Vern Estes and radio god Mark Catfish Groves. <laughs> no. And coming up on this week's show, we'll revisit the story of a stolen movie van. Oh, that, wild, that wild cherry van wild is back in the cherry. <laughs> well, because that guy, yeah, he couldn't be. Three, uh, three seconds. Oh, we'll talk about it. Yeah, three seconds of screen time, months of problems. Oh, you won't believe how much worse it gets. This guy's. So, so, oh, God. He's and a that's piece coming of work. up. We're going to talk about the hot water Elon Musk has himself in again. Has he ever been in cold water? That's the better uh, question. Well, you, but or lukewarm you know, water. Richard Branson did it right. You just put a naked model on your back and run around on a beach. You yeah. don't start screwing with your stock. No, Elon, he stepped in it again. Oh, my. And we're going to talk to our uh, good friend, Doug Campbell. Doug! I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, he's fun. coming back. He's got a couple of exciting new cars to talk to us about. Yeah. We've got some... Uh, Hopefully the weather warms up and we can get in some of these car events we got coming up. All this and more next on Driven Radio. Awesome. So what are we going to do first? We're going to talk some crazy stuff. Well, the wild cherry thing? Yeah, okay. What's cooking? Let's get back into this. If you recall, the guy with the wild cherry van, uh, this guy, uh, Chris, what's his name again? Uh, Chris, I screwed up. Yeah, Chris Carter found this van, this wild cherry van from a 1975, uh, is a 1975 Chevy van. And that was in the 79 movie Van Nuys Boulevard. It was yeah. all about custom vans and cruising and, and cruising. And it's just, it's a horrible movie, but it's, oh, a, it it's a lot of fun to watch. You know, I turn it into a drinking game. Well, you turn the sound down, you listen to music you like. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Chris Carter spotted this van that had been in the movie and it was on somebody's farm. Well, he'd done so, he'd done like months of research. Yeah. And, and somebody had finally uh, sent something to him saying, Hey, I think I saw it, sent some pictures. And the next year he went out and looked at it. Bam. Well, he did a lot of research, finding it, finding out about it and what uh-huh. the van was and everything else. He did not so much research on who owned, oh, the who van. owned it. Oh, it's a slight problem. <laughs> details, yeah. small oh, details. Yeah. Little bitty ones. You he, know, that oh. he kind of glossed over that part, loaded it up on a trailer, went back to Beverly. So he squatted oh, on it. He, he, he went and found it oh. and he, talked to a, a policeman who lived uh, a sheriff lived right on kind of the the leeway yeah. next to where this thing had been sitting with a tree on it rusting for god knows how long just dumped there it was a, it was an abandoned vehicle. Oh, it, was a, it was a crap box that thing was just it was just rust with a little bit of paint that said cherry yeah and uh and so he talked to the sheriff and the sheriff said oh hey sheriff this is public land you just go do what you want and that He's, was good enough for chris carter yeah that he was threw it yeah. on a trailer drug the thing back, it's vetted baby back to the midwest restored it beautifully oh dude it was beautifully restored i remember the pictures and then when he got done with the restoration the owner, the rightful owner, from whose property he took this thing, yeah, caught wind yeah. of it, 
Filed a lawsuit. Oh, a file that is stolen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, her yeah. beginning salvo after she suddenly realized that that precious van she was letting rot. Yeah. That she, oh, apparently there were a lot of memories associated well, with uh, this van because my family had to live in it for a while. amazing that she it, waited all the way oh, yeah. until it was fully restored. Well, you know, it was yeah. in my van yeah. down by the river. Well, and files, <laughs> files charges against Chris Carter. Yeah, of course. Now. Nobody's a good guy in this story because really. Chris Carter refuses to cooperate with the cops. Yeah. And the cops arrest him back in October. And they go to pick up the van. And, and van can no be found. What van, van? Van turns up three weeks later, spray painted black and heavily vandalized. That restoration is in the wind. Missing the drivetrain, the wheels, and anything worth keeping. Carter countersues the gal <laughs> who owns the van. Trying to get possession of it, and his lawsuit uh, claims that he wants to be reimbursed for the restoration. For the restoration that he destroyed. For How the, much could that van possibly? For the be restoration, worth? total. Value. Now, well, I mean, when it, was, it sounds like there's a lot of attorneys being paid uh, over a, what. I mean, I don't know quite he, the market for vintage he, vans. He raised but. almost six thousand dollars in a GoFundMe campaign to restore the van. To restore yeah. it, and then people, uh, what was it, they gave him stuff? There were people oh, that yeah. supplied him with stuff. He, he, now he did a beautiful job. Oh, the van was gorgeous for oh. a minute. Yeah, and anyway, so he countersues, and then the van miraculously is stolen and vandalized and spray painted black, and it looks just horrific. But in so countersuing. The law says he did unlawfully attempt to prevent and dissuade Stephen and Laura Godin, the original owners, a victim of a and witness of a crime from causing a complaint indictment information. He tried to keep them from filing charges against him, which from, in itself is a crime. And from what, what I read about it, his lawsuit against them was also trying to redefine whether it was actually a vehicle since it had no drivetrain, no this. Yeah, when it was, it was on the piece of land, it was basically scrap metal that kind of looked like a van. But so, you know, uh, claiming it's yard art. The, yeah, <laughs> the the whole thing is just a giant freaking mess. What a mess! And you know, it all just goes back to it, there's a place that I drive to going down to Branson that has all it, well, it used to. Most of them are cleared out now, but for eight, 18, 19 years, it was just a field of dreams. Yeah, rusty, rusty dreams. And oh my God, there was there's a Plymouth in there that I just it's about a '58 Plymouth, and oh. I really, really want to drag that. Even whatever's left of it, I want to drag out, but. I would never just go there, hook up my truck, and say, let's go. Well, you know, No I, matter how many trees and weeds have grown around it, I that didn't belong to somebody. I think everybody in this story has done something the wrong way. Not me. Yeah, well, not us. They not should us. just give us not, the not on this. Yeah, we, we never do that. <laughs> All righty. Elon Musk, back in September, got himself in trouble for tweeting that he was going to take his company private. He was oh, yeah. going to buy out all the stockholders. And in so doing, wound up uh, driving the price of the stock down. And he didn't have the money to do it. He just said he was he claiming gonna, he had he, buyers he, lined up already. Yeah, he said he, he said he could do it. And got in a lot of trouble with the SEC. Elon Musk. Yeah, no kidding. The Securities Exchange Commission uh, fined Elon $20 million, fined Tesla $20 million, and said Elon couldn't tweet anymore without pre-approval from a board. No tweets for you. Well, he went and did it again. Oh. He, he, in a tweet, he made a prediction about 
what uh, Tesla's output was going to be per, you know, how many units they were going to build this year and how much stuff. And it was grossly overestimated and the SEC saw it. And this kind of violates what they'd said about him getting permission to tweet things to out tweet again. anything about the business. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so he's got his butt in a sling again. We haven't seen what the outcome's <sighs> going to be, but I'm sure it'll be interesting. You don't jack around with the government like that. That and it, the thing that irks me about it, because Elon Musk is kind of an out there dude. He's, he's, you know, but he's, he's, he's sharp enough to know super better. intelligent salesman kind of, you know, feeling his game, making tons of money. I'm like, yeah, success, rock and roll. But don't screw up this company. Yeah. Because it's one of the cool companies, in my opinion, for an electric vehicle that oh, it, you know, it doesn't look yeah. like a cracker box. It's actually, actually pretty cool. It's high performance. The, the, yeah, it's out of my price range, but I'm just glad it exists. The guy is brilliant. Why can't he just, on the one hand, he drives the value of that company because he's such a visionary and because people believe in him when he talks about his kind of optimistic view of the future. But on the other hand, he can't help sometimes sticking his foot in his mouth. Because yeah. in the process of doing that, he's also the president of the company. He always said, he always has this line where he says that like if there's somebody that can do his job better than him, then he's happy to let that person do the job. And well, there's actually plenty of people who can, it sounds, and he can be the visionary figure. It sounds like the SEC may find that person for him. Yeah, no, yeah. he's a CEO. No, you didn't. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Coming up, we've got an interview with uh, Doug Campbell, our friend, returning yes. to the show. Doug's got a couple of really cool new cars he's going to talk about, and then we've got a bunch of events to talk about in Seg 4 and all that was next on Driven Radio. Welcome back to Driven Radio, your home for all the coolest happenings from every corner of Cardom. Every one. Every single one of Boom. them. Boom. Uh, returning this week is special guest Doug Campbell of Hillbank Motorsports and Superformance. Yay! Uh, Superformance is the builder of arguably the finest Cobra, Cobra Daytona, GT40, and Grand Sport Sexy. replicas. And uh, Doug's got a couple of really cool new cars to talk about with us. He's got uh, something called the Future GT40, and this uh, really gorgeous concept car that sounds like now Superformance is going to get into production. Doug, welcome to Driven Radio. Thanks. It's great to be back with you guys. Uh, hey, we're happy to have you back. Uh, always good to have a friend come back to the show. So what is the future GT40? And s- s- don't spare us. Tell us everything. Or, or is it a Ford Futura? <laughs> did, did you just misspell that? Is, it, is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> is it a Fairmont GT? Or, uh, no, don't. did I get this wrong? <laughs> You didn't get the memo, did you? <laughs> yeah, the one to say shut up. <laughs> okay, so future GT40. Oh, what was that? You guys are killing me. <laughs> Absolutely killing me. Uh, the, you know, I wanted to do a GT40 after I started working for Superformance and Hillbank Motorsports. I fell in love with the GT40. The Daytona will always be my first love, but once I drove a GT40, I'm like, I have to have one. And then the struggle was, how do I do it? And I had kind of an idea in mind, but... In July of 2017, my wife and I were up early on Saturday, and we were watching the start of the 24 Hours of Le Mans, and I was watching the new Ford GTs go around the track, and it just hit me like a bolt of lightning to put the new Ford GT race livery on a Mark I GT40. And then over the next couple of days, it just evolved, and it's like, well, why not do the new powertrain? And uh, a few days later, I went and pitched it to Lance Stander and said, here's how I want to do my GT40. And Lance was like, well, I want to do one of those, too. <laughs> and so I said, well, I'm doing the the wide body 
to replicate 68 because when this gets done, it'll be 2018 and it'll be the 50th anniversary. I'm like, you should do an extra wide body for yours that'll be like 1969 style. And so we agreed. And, you know, I wanted to put the modern drivetrain in mind, which is the twin turbo EcoBoost V6. And uh, Lance is a V8 guy all the way, so he wanted to go with a supercharged Coyote in his. And then I got the idea of possibly doing a build for SEMA, um, honestly, just to help offset some of the cost of the car. So, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, I started reaching out to some people, and one of the best things was getting hooked up with Rich Waitis from Magnaflow. And he's one of my heroes. One of the, the two car shows I really cut my teeth on were overhauling and car crazy. And Barry McGuire and the guys on Overhauling are forever my heroes. And I used to watch Rich Waitis on every episode of Overhaul and doing the exhaust on these cars. And to have him personally involved in the project was like a dream come true for me. And then he ended up falling in love with the project so much, he actually made it one of the two cars that they did an unveiling on in their booth. And Dude. so that was kind of the beginning of it. And then, of course, you know, Hillbank and Superformance helped with the rolling chassis. And um, then my wife, um, her company, Super, Super Luxury Lifestyle Life, um, they all pitched in and helped out with the rolling chassis. And then it just started to snowball. HRE got on board to do the wheels because I wanted wheels that emulated yeah. the look of the modern Ford GT race wheels. And then APR got on board with the rear wing and the canards and all the aero. Well, then I needed, I wanted the car to be usable. So one of the problems with the GT40 is always scraping the nose on angled driveways and speed bumps and stuff. So I got with the folks at Ride Tech. Actually, Willwood put me in touch with the guys at Ride Tech, Johnny Murder and those guys, and they put a Shockwave Pro system on the car, and now it has, like, presets just like the new Ford GT so I have street track and what I call Baja mode for handling any parking lot you want to handle. <laughs> Baja. It's a Raptor. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Willwood hooked me up with 14-inch uh, rotor, six-piston brakes on all four corners. Oh Aeromotive got so excited about the project, they actually flew out to spec out the fuel system for the car, which was cool. And then Michelin jumped on board with some Pilot Sport Cup 2 tires, HPS for all the hoses and tubing, Stitchcraft and Catskin for some custom seats. Um, my pal Barry McGuire got the McGuire's team on board to do all the paint correction and finish on the car to make it look good for SEMA. And then Dynamat uh, for insulation and DEI ink for heat shielding. And then um, the people that absolutely would not have happened without um, one of the companies that does about 100 drivetrain installs a year for us here at Hillbank, V's Performance. Those guys built the engine, did all the, figured out how to make all this custom stuff work. It was the first twin-turbo V6 to go in a Superformance Mark I GT40, <laughs> and they figured that all out. And uh, Oh, and Garrett for the turbos. I can't forget Garrett, man. They hooked me up with some G2560 turbos for the thing. And, I mean, it's just the car came out spectacular. Since SEMA, I've got about 2,000 street miles on it now. I drive it everywhere, and, and I just 
love it. So the engine, it's the 3.5 twin-turbo EcoBoost V6. It was a takeout motor out of a 2017 F-150. So I tell people when they ask me what the car is, if they don't know, I tell them it's, a, it's an F-150 with a body kit. <laughs> <laughs> they just kind of look at me funny. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, eventually we're ramping up the tuning slowly, but the engine will be capable of between 700 and 1,000 horsepower, but we're looking at having it tuned for somewhere around 7 to 750, so it's nice and reliable. And I think I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah, it, the laundry list of, of companies that were involved with this. Look at the car that you got out of this. This is so amazing. And you're talking 750 horse, but what you haven't told Mark and Vern is, what's the car weigh? Car weighs about twenty four hundred and fifty. Oh my God, <laughs> that'll work. Jetsons, well, meet the Jetsons. It has air conditioning. So, <laughs> so com- compared weight wise to a new Ford GT that is a half million dollar car, uh, how much lighter is the future GT forty? <laughs> I'd have to look at the specs, but I think if I remember right, it's around six hundred to six hundred and fifty pounds lighter, if yep. not more. Oh my God! Yep. And, and you're running about a hundred, hundred fifty more horsepower with capability for more. Yeah, about 100 more horsepower where I'm going to end up having it tuned, um, you know, 75, 100 more horsepower. So when we did an episode with Jay Leno last year on our Corvette Grand Sport, uh, we were standing by Jay's new 4GT, and I, I kind of showed him a little preview of the project I was working on and challenged him to a drag race. So I think we're actually going to be <laughs> with Jay. So I'll be taking the future GT40 with me. And uh, you know he's right next to Burbank Airport. There's a big long runway out there, so I'm gonna I'm gonna see if he's a man or not. Oh my! <laughs> oh my! So what's it like getting to reveal a car at SEMA? You know, it was the craziest experience I've ever had. I absolutely loved it, and to be able to have my wife there to share it with me, to be able to have Lance Stander there, the team from whole team from Beast Performance was there. It was really cool. And then to meet uh, Christy Lee from uh, Motor Trend TV actually did the unveiling for me. And what a sweetheart. She was so nice. And Rich was such a nice host having the car in there all week. And then for those of you that don't know, Magnaflow, like, that is the booth in the Central Hall where everything happens. They have a constant flow of celebrities in and out. They do celebrity signings. And absolutely, without a doubt, like, one of the biggest highlights for me was one of the celebrities was signing autographs, and my car is, like, right in front of the stand where they're signing autographs. And he comes over to me when he's done, and he's like, is this your car? And I said, yes, sir, it is. And, and he said, um, I've been drooling over this thing for an hour and a half. Would it be okay if I sat in it? And I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> and so I have this great picture of Mario Andretti sitting in my car. In the <laughs> oh, my God. And, um, and, but here's the thing, right? And, and I've had so many people say to me when I tell them, this, like, oh, my God, did you get him to sign it? So when he was done, his publicist kept trying to drag him out of the car. And so when he was done, you know, she finds like, Mario, we're late. we got to go. So he thanked me. I mean, he was so gracious. And he leaves, and I immediately get on my cell phone. My wife was over in the hotel doing some work and missed it. And so I'm like, oh, my God, honey, you won't believe who just sat in the car, Mario and Dreddy. She's like, oh, my God, did you get him to sign it? And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> Fail. Well, Andretti Fail. was one of the original Ford GT drivers. He won Sebring in '67 yeah, with Mark Ford. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, yeah, unbelievable. Uh, speaking of your lovely wife, I love that her name is on the co-driver slot on the roof. 
like I said, she's one of the biggest sponsors. And, you know, uh, without getting too sappy, I'll say, you know, she's my one true co-driver in life. So it was only appropriate that her name go on the car as well as her company name since she kicked in a lot of money to fund the um, the rolling chassis. But it was really cool. And the funny thing is, so the car's right-hand drive, right-hand shift, like the original GT40. I mean, this car was like my dream of taking the original Mark One GT40, taking the best of that and my favorite things about the new Ford GT race car and putting them all together. And so one of the things I love about the original car is the right-hand drive, right-hand shift with that sill-mounted shifter. And so people would walk up to the car at SEMA, and especially people at Vivian say, you put Maurice's name on the wrong side. And I was like, uh, no. Not really. No. It's, no, it's so funny to watch people's reaction when they look and see that it's right-hand drive. But you know, I was wondering, I love that. I've got a picture of that up on the computer right now, and it's just gorgeous, and it's got the doors open, and the back uh, cowling is all taken off. And I've been looking at that going, is this... Is this you know picture reversed? No, no, no. I'll, I'll be doggone. It's, that is cool. It's, it's right hand drive, right hand shift. Uh, I'm sure Britain is quite delighted. <laughs> <laughs> so now the question we're all dying to know is: Will the future GT40 see production of any kind? Oh yeah, yeah. We're taking orders now. So Lance <laughs> liked it so much that Superformance made it an official model. We have a whole separate brochure and order form for the car. And so, yeah, it's available to orders. And and the great thing is all the cool features of the car are available a la carte. So if you just want, like, a Guardsman Blue GT40, but you love the HRE wheels and the big brakes, you can do that. If you just want to do the aero package on the car, the adjustable ride height shocks, you can do that. So it's really cool now because it's really opened up a lot of options for the base GT40 as well as anyone that wants their own future GT40. You're killing me, Smalls. We'll be right back with more of Doug Campbell from Hillbank Motorsports and Superformance to talk about the other car he's got in the store next on Driven Radio. We're back with friend of the show, Doug Campbell of Hillbank Motorsports and Superformance. Uh, when we left, you were telling us about the future GT40, but you got another unbelievable car coming in the pipeline. Tell us, Doug. Well, wait a second. Cap- no, I, I got this question because it, it struck me uh, during the break was, uh, you know, I'm looking at this gorgeous vehicle, the future 40, uh, Ford GT40. Oh, my God. And out in California, uh, I believe one of your uh, one of your uh, senators has uh, state senators, state reps, oh, has yeah. put forth a uh, an idea, a proposal to basically have the autobahn in California, to have a no <laughs> speed limit, you know, uh, uh, two two mode. Two lanes, either direction, from LA Orange to, County... Yeah, to San Francisco. To San Francisco. Is this your fault, Doug? <laughs> you Are know, you paying it, them? What the hell? Really, Come on. People that don't live here don't understand. There, you really don't need a speed limit out here because there's so much traffic, you can't go more than 30 miles an hour anyway, so it's all a bunch of bunk. Oh! <laughs> I figured they'd, they'd get a super fast train, and then they got a place for you to finally test out your cars. <laughs> no, no, the tunnels, too. Oh, can't forget those. Yeah. <laughs> well, just drive all behind right. the train. 
Uh, I was wondering because if, if they do that, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll be very, very happy if we have a <laughs> California honor. I, I think you, you and you and quite a few other people. Yeah, all the all the new videos that you and your wife do when you do your live casts on Facebook will all be from a moving vehicle. I know this is going to go, and everything outside will be a blur. <laughs> All right, I so, really want to do with her the first 200-mile-an-hour Facebook Live. Oh. Okay, I'm in. Let us know. <laughs> I'm down. Just I'm tell watching. us when. So the, oh, other, yeah. the other car I'm dying to ask you about is a former concept car. Tell us all about the GR1. Oh, my gosh. This is what I love about Lance Stander. This guy, he's such a visionary, and he has the determination to make the vision happen. For the uninitiated. He's been working for over six years on this car. Well, for the uninitiated, Lance Stander is the gentleman who owns Superformance. Yes. Okay. Wanted to make sure everybody was on the same page. Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. And he's like Madonna. You just say Lance, and you know who. <laughs> Lance doesn't need a last name. But, no, he um, he has done incredible things with this company and brought some amazing things. I mean, you know, the, the time spent with General Motors to get the license done for the Grand Sport. It's just amazing all the effort that went into that. Even Jay Leno, the, if you listen to the YouTube episode we did with Jay Leno on the Grand Sport, the one thing he mentions over and over again is he can't believe we were able to get GM to license that car. And so Lance has been working behind the scenes with the Ford executives, I believe, for over six years now. And uh, the GR1, you know, it was uh, revealed back in 2004 at the Pebble Beach Concours as a styling model. And it was kind of an updated version of the Daytona Coupe uh, from the 60s, which won the World GT title. And then in early 2005, they did a full working concept at the North American International Auto Show in Detroit. Um, and that, I mean, had a V10 engine in it. I think it was the truck engine they had back in the day, all aluminum V10 engine. Um, it was a 6.4 liter, I think, that put out a little over 605 horsepower with a six-speed in it. Wow. And it was just an amazing-looking car. I remember when it came out because I was such a fan of the Daytona Coupe. And the styling of the Daytona, I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's like they've updated the Daytona Coupe. And I just knew in my mind back then that, oh, gosh, they're going to put this into production. I can't wait. And then it never happened. And then it just faded away. It's kind of an amazing and, time for Ford because, like, they had the the 0506 Ford GT in the works. They had the new redesign of the Mustang, and then that car came out. And I remember as a 15-year-old kid at the Kansas City Auto Show looking at the new Mustang concept and the GR1 sitting there, I thought mm-hmm. I was just completely in love. I mean, for a Shelby guy, that was like paradise you know, to think oh, they're absolutely. actually bringing that car back. You know, the way they replicated Pete's design with the canback tail, Peter Brock's design, um, it's just the car was literal perfection. And so, uh, you know, I'm sitting in my office here uh, last year just working away, and my window looks out into the showroom, and all of a sudden I look out. I had no idea any of this was happening. And I look out my window, and I see the GR1 roll by my window. It's like I was looking down on myself going, oh, my God, there goes a GR1. And I'm like, that's that's the car. And I go running out, and um, John Kleiner from Ford was there with Greg Hutting, who's the original designer. And I was just flabbergasted. I just I couldn't believe the car 
was there. I was even more gorgeous in person than all the photos I had seen. Mm. And then I got the news that we're actually going to build this under license from Ford. And I just, I was blown away. I was blown away. I couldn't be happier. And I immediately told Lance, I'm going to claim it. Like, I want chassis number eight. Because, like, (laughs) (laughs) So you've managed to get license from GM on the Grand Sport and license from Ford on the GR1. That's that. That's got to be some kind of automotive miracle. Lance won't do anything unless it's officially licensed. So the GT40s are licensed by Saffer, which bought all the rights and tooling to the GT40 from Ford back in the 70s. And then, of course, you know the Cobras and Daytona Coupes are licensed by Shelby, and it's the only Cobra replica licensed by Shelby. So, um, you know, he, he doesn't do anything unless it's licensed. Now, can you explain to us how it is you're able to build something like this? Uh, and I, we're going to wind up dipping into the weeds a little bit. But explain the 2015 Low-Volume Motor Vehicle Manufacturers Act. Give us a thumbnail if you can. That allows boutique manufacturers such as Superformance to build a complete car. Right now, we sell a complete rolling chassis. It's a manufactured car, but it's less drivetrain. So we can only sell it as a component. We can't sell a complete car. So when a customer buys a car from from us, like Vs Performance, who built the Future 40 for me, they do about 100 drivetrain installs a year for us. But a customer, when they buy their rolling chassis, they can select anyone to do their drivetrain install, or they can even do it themselves. But we're not allowed to do that. We cannot sell them a complete car. And then they go through the registration process in whatever state they live in, and it's registered, even though our cars are not a kit car, they're registered the same as kit cars or component vehicles would be registered in their state. And, you know, every state has a process for that. So it's that's not a big deal. But for us now, like, this would allow us to build a complete car with a VIN, 17-digit VIN, and sell it up to 350 of those a year. And actually, you know, we could build a GR1 and put it on display in a Ford dealership for sale. Oh, that would be wow. Yeah. yeah. And aye, aye, aye. now now here's here's the big reveal on this deal. Which powertrain is it you're looking to install in the GR1? Well, like I said, you know the the original car had that 6.4 liter all aluminum V10. Ford doesn't have a V10 anymore. So, you know, until this Low Volume Manufacturers Act gets implemented, it's tough to say. There's been a lot of talk. Uh, but nothing's been decided yet. But there's been a lot of talk uh, talk about the engine out of the new GT500 Mustang, which is north of 700 horsepower. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, talk of uh, possibly an all-electric version, um, which would have uh, an incredible zero to 60 time. But you know, back when they came out with the uh, the GR1, they talked about the fact that it would be a you know zero to sixty in under four seconds and one hundred ninety mile an hour top speed. I guarantee you, um, knowing Lance, this car is going to far exceed that. Well, and Mark and I talked about the upcoming Mustang a few weeks ago. Yeah, and they're doing that five point two liter uh, uh, that Voodoo motor. Twin turbo. Yep. Yeah. With, yes. with twin turbos in it, and they were talking well north of 700 horsepower. They were a little vague about exact figures, but they were saying well north of. So right. 700 horsepower in something that I'm guessing doesn't weigh a whole lot more than 3,000 pounds, if that. Right. 
Uh, well, you look at the uh, the Daytona Coupe, you know, with air conditioning, power windows, power steering, everything, and a pushrod motor in it, that's coming in at about 2,900 pounds. And you would know because oh, one of those Lord. critters resides in your garage. Uh, it so, does. So the, the new GR1 would be... A spectacular car, and you already jumped. You already jumped me on this one. I was going to ask you if you're going to have one. If it makes a production to production, are you going to have one of these things? And absolutely, there's <laughs> no way you could keep me away from one of these cars. <laughs> I will sell anything. I still have both my kidneys, so I could definitely sell at least one kidney. And, um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things I could do, uh, but I will definitely have a GR1 in my garage. You can uh, I'm mark looking my at words on that. I'm looking at a picture of this thing, and it's like somebody oh. took an ice cream scoop into m- liquid mercury. Yes, and then. Through it, yeah. and right in mid-motion, bam, it got turned into a car. This is gorgeous. There's something now, about the blue seats and the dash in that car, too. Oh, yeah. It's such a cool interior in that car. Are you going to do the polished aluminum exterior on that? Uh, what I've heard is we definitely do an aluminum exterior. We'll do it in polished or painted. And um, you don't know. There might even be a, uh, a carbon fiber body. I don't know. I haven't heard that <laughs> confirmed yet. Again, there's been a lot of talk. Uh, but you might have a choice of an aluminum or carbon fiber body. Amazing stuff coming from Superformance. Uh, this has been Doug Campbell, our buddy from Hillbank Motorsports and Superformance. And man, these guys are crushing it on social media. Oh, it's amazing. You should see all of this stuff. Uh, you can find them at www.hillbankusa.com, superformance.com. Hillbank and Superformance are both on uh, on Facebook at Hillbank Motorsports or Superformance. On Twitter, Hillbank USA, Hillbank Motors, Superformance One, Superformance UK, and on Instagram at Hillbank USA, Hillbank AZ, oh and Superformance LLC. <laughs> they, Doug, you are the internet. Jesus. <laughs> they probably got 14 people just to do all that. Doug, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. And uh, when that when that GR1's out, you're coming back. Coming up next oh, on yeah. Driven oh, Radio, yeah, sure. uh, we've got lots of uh, upcoming events to talk about, shows coming your way, and uh, something to give us all as car guys a little hope for spring. All that and more next on Driven Radio. And that Doug Campbell knows a lot of stuff about what he's selling. Yeah, that was awesome. He's great to speak You know, having him on Driven Radio, is, it's just cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And he's such a friendly guy. And in addition to that, he, he and his wife are the sweetest couple there is. Oh, They're yeah. just so nice. I've watched some of their little live little phone oh, things. Yeah. Say, oh, you're just so cute. Oh, Marisa's a sweetheart. So uh, love to both of those, too. Uh, hey, let's take a look at what's coming down the road this week in Exit Lane Live. All right, so March 6th through the 10th, we got the Kansas City International Auto Show at Bartle Hall at 301 West 13th Street, Kansas City, Missouri, 64105. Adults are $12, juniors are 6 For more information, go to kcautoshow.com forward slash information or email info at kcautoshow.com. You know, they packed that whole place. And, oh, yeah. And it's uh, that was when I discovered the just how airline seat a uh, Fiat 500 is. Because <laughs> I'm like, I, I've been thinking about one of those. I'm like, that's a really cool car. That'd be fun to drive. I kind of like the way it looks. And I yeah. got in and I said, my, my butt cheeks. 
Yeah. There's one per seat. Well, well that, <laughs> not only airline seat, it's the Southwest jump seat back by the bathroom. Are they still doing the uh, the classic car corral there? It at seems the, like every, auto every year or so they have four or five kind of in a Oh, yeah, kind of in the one, one end of the uh, Bartle Hall, I think, next to where all the food is. Yeah, oh, sometimes yeah. Sometimes like near the escalator and well, whatnot. So. Well, that's where we hang out. I used to always just go to the auto <laughs> show just to see that a lot of the time. I think you know, they, they, they put it close to the beer for guys like us. Oh, yeah. Bingo. Uh, March 6th through the 8th, Russo and Steel Collector Car Show. Can't wait to get out of town for this in Amelia Island. But It's going to be so beautiful. Oh, I mean, take your swim trunks. I could kill you. <laughs> I looked at the weather today. The first day I'm there, it's 44 degrees. Uh, good luck with this. Take your scuba suit oh, <laughs> while well, you lay out in the sun. Hey, it goes, it goes 40, 50, 60, but it still looks like 60 is the best I'm going to oh. do. Man. Uh, you, you're, still, you've got the cool Russo and steel, so at least you know that part's going to be hot. Well, uh, hopefully I see no snow down there. Anyway, uh, Russo and Steel Collector Car Auction, Amelia Island, featuring over 250 premium lots of American Muscle Classics, Customs, European Luxury, all the really cool stuff I always send pictures back with. I'm still trying to convince Vern that he'll fit in my carry-on luggage. <laughs> <laughs> He represents a lollipop. I, guilt. I am pretty. Yeah. I am pretty flexible. So well, I'm going to have to get a big bag and some extra casters. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. And on March 22nd, out in Gardner, Kansas, we got a cool little car show and cars for kids. It's a great little classic car show out of Gardner Elementary School at 218 East Shawnee Street, six six zero three zero. Admission is free, and it goes from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. Oh, free, man! That's the perfect. That's price. my perfect perfect price. And absolutely. I like the ones that raise money for a good cause. I absolutely. Got to admit. April 6th, Kansas City, Missouri, uh, 6th Annual Streetcar Takeover Kickoff Party at Truman Sports Complex, Arrowhead Stadium 1, Arrowhead Drive, from 10 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Boy, Mm. that's an all-day deal. Uh, They do have a rain date listed as April 7th. Hopefully, we don't face one of those. And if you want to find more information on this, facebook.com forward slash streetcar 2 Oh, one six, not two zero one six. Now that's a. I was a little confused on the first because I'm thinking the streetcars. Yeah. So it's a streetcar takeover. Wow. wow are you, everybody going to park somewhere and just go ride a streetcar going? Woo! No. We're going slow. No, sir. I think these are all very fast. These things. are street cars. Yes. Okay. Yes. Very very fast stuff for us to go see. Cool. Then April thirteenth in Independence, Missouri, we've got uh, we've got a little bit of a dying breed, unfortunately. Rusty Metals Spring Swap Meet. God, I love a good swap meet. Oh yeah, it's at B and B Theaters Twin Drive In at thirteen twenty Northeast two ninety one Highway. Okay, it's from seven a.m. to two p.m. Pre register for premium spaces or the pre registration special at. 20x60. Oh, uh, they've oh, got a 20 by 60. Yeah, yeah. they got specials for uh, for only forty five dollars. You can get a 20 by 60 space there. Jiminy. Yeah, well, that's dirt cheap. You know, I got I got a tub of leftover stuff from the fifty six Plymouth. But think how big 20 <laughs> by 60 is, man. That's huge. That's huge. That's for somebody who's got got the real deal. They're, they're going to have some stuff. Oh, yeah. Up, you know, most of a car. So forty five bucks. If you've got stuff to trade. No, that's so easy. Much better than eBay fees. Oh, boy. Yeah, you can spread out an awful lot of stuff, an awful lot of tables in a space that size. And and talk about an audience ready to buy it. Well, and the other thing is, this is being put on by our friends over at Rusty Metal Productions. Yeah, cool people. Those are the same guys who did pistons and pinups over at the, the, uh, oh, shoot, which drive-in was it? It was right down the road. Oh, Boulevard. Yeah, Boulevard. Yep, yep. uh, Last summer, where somebody's certain... 61 in Palo Resto Mod, one best of show. No, I wouldn't know who. I wouldn't know who that was. You kidding me? I spent the rest of the weekend breaking my arm, patting myself on the back after that. I know, I saw. Anyway, Rusty Metal. (laughs) Rusty Metal's friends of ours, they do great stuff. And for vendor spaces that cheap, boy, it's going to be tough to beat. Oh, yeah, get it soon. 
Absolutely. April 27th out in Olathe. Woo! We've got the Autism Awareness Car Show at the Sonic Drive-In, 915 South Parker, from 2 to 9 p.m. Free donation for entry. Questions or comments may be directed to Glenn Dix, D-I-X, at 913-744-8811. Uh, you guys may not know. Well, Mark, you know this. Uh, Vern, I know everything. Uh, this is why you're here. <laughs> um, the Autism uh, uh, charities are near and dear to my heart. One, yeah. of, one of my daughters is Asperger's Spectrum, although very mild. And I love giving to these. And uh, they do fantastic work for the kids that are afflicted with this. So please, go to the show. Give generously. Everything you're doing goes to a great cause. And for you know Asperger's, uh, I don't know about the burgers stuff, but I've got the rest of it. So uh, You and me both. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very little. Yeah. <laughs> Then last but not least, on April 28th, we got Raytown, Missouri, Dick Smith Ford Spring Benefit Cruise and Car Show from 9505 East 350 Highway. It's from 930 to 230, weather permitting. Participants are asked to bring a canned box or paper goods to help support the Raytown Emergency Assistance Program. Oh, the REAP program, yes. yeah. Yeah, if you have questions, call the dealership at 816-353-1495 and talk to Jeff Lewis at Extension 217. That's always a really good show. I love seeing these car shows that are raising uh, money for charities that are, uh, you know, getting food for like the uh, for reap for the Raytown Emergency Assistance Program. Yeah, love to see things that raise money for charities and uh, well, like that the Cars in the Park show that we did last year that had so much cool stuff and it had that. Need I remind you of the one year only triple white. 1960 Dodge Matador. Oh that was my at God! That yes, show. and <laughs> the nicest guy who owned it too. With and, and the one thing that amazed us both, we're both like, "What? What was it? Earliest car I've ever seen that had a factory cup holder in it, a slide out built in cup holder. It was holder. cool. Wow. It was neat the way they designed it. And it's from you know, it's 1960, so that thing had to have been. I still think it was for a rocks glass. It, it, it put, looked like it should have been. It looked there, like there it was probably been. A, a phonograph and a small bar that came out from underneath the glove compartment. Well, I, I was thinking you open the glove compartment and your decanters slide out. <laughs> they just slide yeah. out. Yeah. And then, Space age, baby. And then from under the AC, you've got the rocks that the AC has been keeping cold for you. <laughs> pop on my Martin Denny album, Exotic Village, oh, and boom, chicken. Well, and, God, that was a gorgeous car. White over white with a wide, wide sun, and it had those big fat. They look like Kelsey Hayes wires, but I I don't know that Kelsey Hayes did wires for Mopar. Do you know? I've not a clue. No, yeah, Vern, you know. should have been there for this one. Yeah, it, it just looked like, like a hell of a car. Looked like a giant white and chrome cloud. I, yep. I'm not a Mopar guy, and I fell in love with that thing. It was cool. Yeah, and it had fins that were fins, but they weren't like the totally oh my god outrageous no. fins. No, radar. No, they were. Yeah. They were just they like were the under edge. radar fins. Yeah. They, Boom! They nailed were, it. They were just subtle enough. They were they were there, but they weren't outlandish. The other thing at that show, if you'll recall, you saw the guy that had the 38, 39, 40, whatever, that Plymouth. Oh, the Plymouth. Yeah, I yeah. chatted with him for quite a while. That thing was amazing. And I thought when I first walked up on it, it was black because I'm colorblind as a bat. But he did a magnificent yeah, burgundy cool show. paint job on that one. Well, uh, you can find the links for all of these shows 
at www.readthedriven.com. Thanks so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do. We wouldn't be able to do it without your support. You can find us online at readthedriven.com. Follow us on Facebook at Driven Radio Show, Twitter at Driven Radio Show, Pippa.io, uh, tunein.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and everywhere fine pad- podcasts are heard. I'm Brett Hatfield for Vern Estes and Mark Catfish Groves, and we'll see you next week on Driven Radio. Thank you.